Hello everybody, welcome to episode number 22 of Let's Talk Some Podcast, hope you're well, just want to ask you one thing, sorry, two things, do you like cool clothes and do you like CBD oil? CBD oil, enhanced CBD, friends of the show, so kind to be offering us wee discounts on the website if you like CBD, pre-workout, post-workout or just uh, take it easy because it's got loads of good benefits then type of let's talk some into the checkout it's enhanced cbd and get your hand on some great products as well and if you like clothing certainly clothing with a message have a wee check on hardcore inc check the social media for hardcore inc see the great products they've got going on and i didn't hear any product codes for hardcore inc i'm afraid but i'm sure we'll get something sorted out soon enough when i get in touch with them but yeah Enhanced CBD and Hardcore Inc, friends of the show, so kind to be giving us their time and check them out. Don't forget to type what's talk some into the checkout for 15% off as well. And I'll stop cheesing now and get on with the show. So we've got Billy Mitchell. Now, if you're a musician or not, you've probably heard of Billy Mitchell. He's uh, one of these guys who he's always been embedded within the music scene in Dundee, or Scotland for that matter. Um, he's been in a lot of bands like The Trend, The Twist, he's uh, done he's done the Kyle Faulkner band as well and he's got his respective solo band. Very popular, does a lot of stuff, gets a lot of attention, got a lot of popularity, had some great momentum just before all the kind of lockdown issues came about, um, he had a good record out and yeah, really from one musician or we'll say an aspiring musician to another. Um, it's really amazing to see what he's achieved and he's really worked hard to get where he's getting to as well. He's uh, played all the, the dives and all the, the kind of grotty clubs and he's got to places where he'd be supporting Liam Gallagher, for example, and playing the Hydro and arenas across Ireland and Manchester. And that's only one corner of the stuff that he's done. He's a really talented guy. He's got a lot of plans on the go after this pandemic gets away. Cool gigs, Dundee, Aberdeen and Glasgow, King Tuts. That's how popular it is, he's playing places like that as well. But um, have a wee listen to the show. Goes into a lot of stuff, talks about meeting Liam Gallagher, what he done during the pandemic, what it's like for a musician during the pandemic, what's to come, what's next and a lot more of stuff like that. But take time to listen, enjoy the show, check out Hardcore Inc, check out Enhanced CBD and check out Billy Mitchell's social medias and his link tree to get some tickets for these shows that are going to be coming up at the latter part of the year. Check out everybody's social medias and just uh, go mad for it with that. And listen to the episode on Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, the video version will be on YouTube. This is about two minutes of so an intro over my usual, so I hope it's been worth your while. Again, enjoy and thank you. Dundee singer-songwriter Billy Mitchell. It's been a wee while. Um, I've been trying to get you on the previous shows with music. Finally getting you on now. How are you doing? And thanks for coming on. No bad, man. I'm all good. All good, mate. Oh, yeah, you all right? I'm all right, mate. Just um, just hopefully getting back to normal and getting on with the kind of stuff that we were doing previous to 18 months ago. So talking about normal. You've got a lot of gigs coming up, um, some big gigs at that, certainly after what's been going on. Whereabouts are you going to be playing? Uh, I've got a couple of festivals coming up. Mm-hmm. The, um, one of them's 86, the other one's uh, it's near Falkirk, Falkirk, 
Mm-hmm. I've got uh, and then December I'm doing my headline tour. I'm doing Dundee, Aberdeen, and Glasgow, which would be cool. Always, always good to do them places. It's like my three favourite places. <laughs> and I mean, was it uh, tunnels? Is it tunnels? Uh, King oh, Tuts, yeah. and what's the other place called? <clears throat> it's, uh, it's called. It used to be the old. What's it called? You're going down the stairs. On the it's, got fa- it's got like a fancy name, is it? Yeah, Hunter Thompson. Now. Uh, Hunter Thompson. Hunter Thompson. Now, um, but it used to be. What's it called? Conroy's. No Conroy's. Something like that. Didn't stay on the Perth Road. Oh, okay, well, I'm trying to picture it. I can picture it, mate, but I can't hang it. So, it's, it's, awesome. a it's a wee venue. It's going to be class, nice and tight and compact and sweaty, hopefully. Yeah, nice, sweaty, like fucking. Did you ever play the. Was it the basement? Yeah, it's pretty, much the basement? Like that. it's pretty much like that. Yeah. So it's like, like 100 cap or something. Yeah, mate, they're sometimes the best experiences, though. So, is it going to be yourself then, or is it going to be the full band? I feel bad now, like it's, it's, unless said otherwise, it's always feel bad now. Always feel bad. So, how long's the full band been on the go for? Well, what I thought originally, but remember Carnival '56? Yeah, mate. Yeah, many moons ago. Yeah, so it was like four years ago or three years ago. Remember, oh, three years ago, son. Yeah, it was about that. About I mean, that. The festival can't be anyway. I was uh, my mate who had been recording them. He was like uh Put a band together, man. We'll do we'll it for the one-off kind of thing. So we've done it and done a couple more, and I was like, I can't go back to playing on my toy. No, this is pretty lonely. felt so sorry, man. <laughs> right. So uh, put a band together. Pretty much the same lineup I've got now, but mm. uh, you know, Meg McNally was on guitar. So she's done a, she's done a few gigs. She was in Sahara. Yeah, I've heard of them. I've heard of yeah, them, actually. She, she's just started her own thing now. It's really good. Check it out, actually. Happy Tears, it's called. Yeah, no, uh, we definitely keep that listen, man. Well, so I put a band together, was getting me a race that, and then uh, Ruby Islam joined, Megan left, she, then Paddy went on guitar and Ruby on bass, and that's been happening since, I think I remember the exact date, 2nd of February, mm-hmm. 2nd of February, a couple of years ago, <laughs> but yeah. I remember getting the Dean, I was like, yes, man. Yeah, nah, man, that's damaged, so... Just kind of tatting it back a bit then, right? So we'll just go to when this lockdown first started. I think it was a uh, eighteen months ago. It was on March. I can that. So you were gigging yeah, and, yeah. and you were having a pretty exciting year in terms of a lot of <laughs> stuff that was going on, mate. And then hello lockdown. Lo and behold, <laughs> all this shit took place. Eh? Yeah, so so see, so see, how you had all your plans on the go and that. So how did it impact you initially? So for people who were working, of course, it did impact them, but as a musician and we all the momentum that you had going on, how did it impact you at that moment? Did you think it was going to be as severe as it was or was it just going to be a wee... Nah, I, I, see, see, at first, and this sounds really bad, eh, but I was like, this is feel like black mother shit. Oh, what's going to happen now again? Ah, oh, nah, no danger this. Like, Abdi's like, on lockdown, I was like, what? Nah, that can't be right. That's... Can I just stop that in? And nobody yeah. did. Again, for like a year. Again, I was like, What? I honestly didn't think it was going to be a thing at all. I thought it was just like, I thought it was in some sort of movie at first, right? And the, to be fair, the first lockdown, it wasn't, I wasn't even that, yeah. that asked. Ken Abdi was kind of, Abdi was a bit paranoid in that, but Ken, you sat in your house for a couple of weeks and like, you got me a housework done and you got like the, the fucking fences painted and kind of stuff like that. You wouldn't really thinking about stuff. And then it starts going, whoa, 
Okay, now it's just getting a bit mental. It's getting a bit real now. So yeah, stuff, yeah. and I can be able to for so much. Like you say, Ken, it was like, we just, that had such a banging year. Mm-hmm. What, what I did this, what I did that, and then, no, you can't do it. Can you go see your pals to rehearse? Can you see your family? Can stuff like that? It was a bit, no, it was, sad that, yeah. It was, mate. It was insane. I mean, it was, I mean, if we're talking on the kind of sceptical basis, it, it was kind of like, not, not the best attitude at the time, but it was like, it's just like a glorified cold. It was like, right, okay. Panic's going I, 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 I on. I even thought that. I was just excited the fact we were going to tell the stain your house. That's my fucking hobby, man. Hey, can definitely doing gigs, man. Get the stain your house, getting tell you've got a stain your house, not going to see anybody. That's Ken, man. dream, man. That's loving the dream. So did you manage to like, so see, like initially when this all happened, like, so did you and your musician pals or that, did you just kind of make any readjustments? Like, right, we're kind of meeting personally, we're going to need to record online. Did you ever get anything like that done or get no, to that we've stage? Seen, we've seen a lot of people doing that and we've talked about doing it, but then it's like, fuck it, Abby's doing it, what's the point? Abby's doing it, what's the point? I mean, but we're going at, but the thing is, it's... It would have been better just if we could have just come down and do something. Can there's a lot of bands that done that? Can uh, we've recorded elsewhere? Yeah, that's funny. The backdrops are exactly same every fucking video. <laughs> but uh, now, well, we're going to do like that cover thing. Can we? Like Abdi does a wee bit for the yeah, for like the the house and that. Whenever I bother doing it, so basically it was just me getting half pissed the whole time and jumping on fucking live videos. Yeah, mate, that's it's a sign of the times, the way you had to do it. So, see, um, during all that, so like we says, unlike many people that I'll know, so you, you of course, know a lot of musicians and that who have kind of just kind of gambled on themselves. So, see, when you got to that stage, so I don't know if you had a job or that at that point, or if you were kind of throwing everything into working. Like, was there any moments where you were like, fuck, like my livelihood's music is actually looking like it's actually going to be putting me back on something that I didn't want to be doing as a result of all that? Well, at the time, obviously I'm a bit old and since now that I kind of just, I don't love my mum or nothing, mm-hmm. kind of just love, I've got to go work and stuff. So what I've been kind of working on myself in the past eight years maybe was, was guitar lessons and yeah. tuition and stuff like that. So I was, I managed to get myself into primary skills, teaching. So I was teaching primary schools and then doing my private lessons at night. The odd cover gig, no much. And then obviously fucking doing my original stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I was kind of, at the time, I was actually, before that happened, I was kind of thinking, no, I wouldn't mind doing something else, maybe a bit more sustainable, et cetera, et cetera, as you do. Yeah. And that happened and I was like, fuck. So I went, I went and started working for Amazon on the vans and that was, mm. That was fucking hell, man. That was the worst thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Although, I mean, it was a good time, and I got I got it at, like, uh, the job just at, like, the, the high pay for Christmas and stuff. Yeah, mate. So, like, it's the one and only year I've got really good presents. Like, I they expect that next year they're fucking <laughs> going to be disappointed, like. Nah, I'm the same, mate. It was all that, all that money was getting spent. Nah, I hate that. But um, now I'm, like, and I was back, I'm, like, fuck. I didn't realize how good I had it. Like, just driving a couple scales during the day. Driving in the studio at night, jamming, Abdi Bolts, <laughs> the boys, blah, 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 going. 
Yeah, that skill, that skill thing is cool though. So what, was that like your PDGE? Was that teaching a certain subject or just kind of general stuff all over the place? I, I was just in primary schools teaching guitar. So I was like, I would go, I would get 10 and a couple of skills. Well, it was like Monday to Friday. Yeah. So maybe for two hours, three hours at a time, teaching as many as we can fit in. Yeah. Um, the kids that I was actually teaching were like with classes, um, vulnerable or um, maybe traumatic backgrounds, etc. stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, oh, they were legends, man. I loved yeah. them. Yeah. Honestly, I loved like, and like, it was just, it was just so funny. Eh? Kind of mm-hmm. just, uh, I remember how important guitar was for me growing up. Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, just a, it's a good skill to have. And I mean, it's a skill, mm-hmm. but an expressive skill. Can, it's like, I think so. I mean, kind of, if you're angry, you can play guitar or music. Yep. Sad, you play an instrument or you sing or you write, even if you're writing it down, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of things I used to do with the kids was trying to get them to write their own songs, mm-hmm. and it was more just a kind of expression thing, can get out of your body, but yeah. You're thinking, it's on a bit of paper. Yeah, I mean, that's when it comes to musicians and music. I mean, we've, I mean, certainly in my capacity of music, and then certainly in your capacity, that's kind of. Everybody always talks so positively about music. They talk about it being expressive. They talk about it being a place that they can go to when they're feeling shit, a place they can go to when they're feeling happy. I mean, personally, I've always seen a lot of the good music being brought out in kind of negative situations and negative kind of moods. Yeah, yeah I definitely, man. Like, you'll, you'll, you'll rarely meet a musician that's not suffered some sort of trauma or mental health issue. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that you've that. No. <laughs> okay, and that's your ticket. <laughs> But I'm saying like that's it's, it's usually it's the most sincere kind of songs will be written from mm-hmm. that because it's, it's totally from the heart. It's from the heart. It's very candid. It's tacking into tacking into the, the recollection of everyday life and that. So no, that's awesome. And I guess that would have been very very rewarding for you as well. Just being able to contribute in that way, using your talent, your platform to be able to help people. I loved that. Honestly, it was. I was rewarding, like, laying financially, like, rubber the financial side of it. Mm-hmm. I was still rewarding, do you know what I mean? Damn right, Still man. worth my time. Yeah, mate, that was actually... Some days were hard, like, obviously. Yeah. But, but uh, oh, I was just... Oh, they're great. I love kids in general, they're brilliant, but see, mm-hmm. like, teaching them an instrument. Yeah. Just saying, like, kind of, you might teach... At one point, I was teaching, like, 120 kids, 130 kids a week. Wow. Like, surely one of them's going to be famous and re- repay me when they get famous. <laughs> that sounds like a Billy Mitchell thing in terms of, like, um, of course you're going to be teaching music to people and doing that. See, for a second at the start there, I thought you were, when he says you were teaching skills, I was like, what, is he fucking doing biology or something? Teaching people nah. science or something? But, yeah, <laughs> But the music sounds exactly like you, man. So that's cool because I knew that I knew that you were you were very popular in terms of your music lessons and that because people talk to me about them and I seen the advert advertisements and stuff going on. So sure. no nah, man, that's probably awesome. So just gonna backtrack a wee bit, right? So you personally, you first caught my radar years and years ago. I was in a band called The Trend. <laughs> that's my first ever band there. Eh? Many moons ago now. I Dude, yeah, I'm not showing you, but I've got a tattoo there. Kim, what? I'm sure, I'm sure I've seen it, mate. I'm sure I've seen it. Has it been on a video or something or on some kind of promo things? A lot of them got them. One of, them, one of the yeah. band members never got them. I'm not saying yeah. who it was, mm-hmm. but the whole band got them except one of them. 
So what was that early? Was that 2006, the trend, was it? I was, yeah, probably like 2006, 2007. 2006, 2007. And what was that influenced you then? Was it like the, the Strokes, Arctic Monkeys, Oasis, stuff like that? I was only really getting into them bands at the time. Oh, were you? I'd played guitar from when I was like 13. Mm-hmm. So I'd always been, I never ever thought I'd get in a band or anything. Yeah. I just really liked playing. <clears throat> Go and get drunk, like we're pals and kind of get to sing songs. And that's when I started kind of listening to the Liberties and like, yeah. and the only reason I started listening was because people was like, can you play that? Yeah. I'm like, well, that is cocky as ever. Like I'm now, ah, fucking right, I can play it. Yeah. Go home and learn that. I was like, oh, that's the Liberties, that's why they are. Can oh, cool. That's the cooks, that's why they work. And I'm just kind of just jamming oasis and whatever I can get my like I used to go and buy books. To oh, like, yeah, the tab books, tab books. Heck, I mean, like now you go on the internet, it's like that's what I would have sound right. Yeah. I remember getting the bus down to the tin to get uh, to buy the by the way, right? Talk chili peppers book uh, <laughs> intro. Do you know what I mean? Like that's oh, insane. Insane, man. That would never happen now. What a waste. Of time and money and effort. <laughs> exactly, mate. So, see now then in that regard, right? So, oh, uh, totally your question there. What was it again? <laughs> oh no, no, no worries, mate. So, um, I got I got lost half the time when I'm chatting shit anyway, mate. Um, so when I started guitar, I mean, I'm no a kind of lead guitar or that. I would say I'm mere rhythm, right? But would you say now at this stage, like tacking away the tabs and that, would you say you developed an ear like for the music then? I think if I was to say, for example, I was 13 now yeah. and learning guitar, I wouldn't be as good a guitarist as I am. I don't think so. I think I was made to listen by ear. Yeah. I was made to play that bit over and over again on CD or whatever it would have been mm-hmm. and try and figure it out because you had to. Yeah. Like, and you had to do it. So I think, I think my ears got a lot better mm-hmm. naturally over time. Because there was there wasn't as many tools now, so when I teach people now, they come to me and they say, uh, "Obviously, all my guitars are fucking fantastic website. I love all my guitars. I'm not against that at all. Just be wary that it's someone else's ear who is putting that music up. And there's lots of them I, I disagree with and whatever, but it's it's, it's a good starting point. Um, but you, I've got students who come in with these things like, "Oh, I've got this thing that's like, yeah." Uh, you use it. Can I remember like the, the machines used to get back in the day that are the, the big bodybuilders would use? Can I remember? Yeah, but they're doing the fingers, right? Like, can it strengthens up your fingers? I'm like, can we all strengthen up your fingers? That's a new fucking guitar. Can yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> this shit. Get a guitar and start playing it. I mean, that's yeah. how you learn. And another boy, I think it was actually the same guy. Sorry, Fraser, if you ever watch it. <laughs> it was a wee guitar thing, it pulls it like that. Yeah, it's got like four frets on it, so. He said, yeah, you could practice your warm-ups. I'm like, you could also practice your warm-ups on your actual guitar. Can't like, yep. just go for it, get it done. Yeah, that was, nah, here, mate, that's exactly what it was. So like, I, I started guitar at 20 away, and um, how I got into it, so I always wanted to play. And then I think I was playing, I think I got Guitar Hero once, right? And I was like, I'm, I was, I'm fucking pissed at it, but I was excited. I was like, I think I was, I don't know, I wasn't a 20 at this point, no, I don't think I, but and when I got Guitar Hero, I was buzzing. I was like, I can't wait to get him and play Guitar Hero. Can't I feel like a guitarist in that, right? <laughs> and after about, <laughs> after about a couple of days of playing it, I was like, this feels so fucking like artificial. So then I got a real guitar and 
as you said, you just play through, you get your bleeding fingertips. I was actually quite interested. It's really, it's, it's old now. I think I really never knew what happened to it, but it was like you bought like an actual real, it was like, it was like Guitar Hero, but it was a full six sing guitar. I did, I heard of it. And that, it's obviously never kicked off, hey. But no. that fucking it's a good thing. Yeah, I can, man. I'd be the fucking, I might be even better. <laughs> man. Now, here, um, everybody, anybody, man, pick up a real guitar. I mean, there's, there's, there's no satisfaction like it. The first the first song that I learned was, uh, uh, the first riff I played, if you want to call it that, was uh, Cigarettes and Alcohol, and I remember playing it, and just playing it, and then hearing me playing it back to the fucking CD, I was like, holy fucking shit, this is, this is what it's all about, and that's kind of where I've just went for there. My first guitar was, what it was, I seen my, my mate's dad playing a guitar. I was fucking mad on it. I was like, oh, what? Can that's so cool. Mum, I want the guitar. Mum, I want the guitar. It was 30 quid or 35 quid at Argos. Honor. Yeah. Good guitar brand, actually. Come on, well, you look back at it now, but okay. well, German brand. Good, good, good shit, but 30, 30 quid. And he started making dictaphones, like an actual wee mini tape dictaphone. Yeah, mate. I called myself on that, and I was, that's how I, that's how I went. And played it back, and I'd play like, the lead, but I went on and I was like, for years, self taught. For years and years and years, I've done a couple of lessons, but it wasn't like the only the only first proper like professional lesson I really got was when I went to study music. Yeah. Before that, I had a couple of people off the show stuff here and there, mm-hmm. but I kind of was like, just get a be shitty cheap guitar and just if you want to date, you could date. Yep. And like I've had people cut me that like, oh my hands are too big for guitar. I'm like, no, they're not. My hands are too small for guitar. I'm like, no, they're not. Because it's yeah. like, no, just, we'll, we'll get it done, man. <laughs> I mean, no, that's, that's not for me. I'm not about calling me for less to get it done. I'm like, go anywhere and get it done. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Okay? No, it's it's just, thing you've ever done. just practice makes perfect, mate. And like you said, it's like even, even when I was doing bar chords and everything, it's, at first it felt like you were doing some fucking mad Olympic shit with your fingers, but you eventually get it. See, to be fair, man, I can't really remember that struggle with bar chords because I was, I was quite young when I went. Yeah. <laughs> but I was kind of, my attitude with things is just a bit harshy and bashy. I was fucking go for it. Kind of, I probably just put on my force and probably yeah. just managed to get some sort of blunder of a note out anyway. Kind of thing. No, man. I was like, when I play guitar, these people who play the laugh at how far my fingers can reach, like, in terms of... I can do about six frets. <laughs> no. Fuck that, man. I have no chance of it. The only reason is, is because I never really knew when I was young that you could just go like maybe didn't the next string. Yep, yep. Uh, I was stretching. I was forcing my fingers to feel stretched. Sake, I got some like bar chords. I fuck it. I've got it again. It was like, but I know bar chords are, are, are like um, difficult thing to come across. So obviously, um, teaching people is a hard thing for them, and like every single one of them that I've sat there and says, look, you're not going to be able to manage this today and then playing bar chords. It's not that kind of thing. Yeah. And every single one of them that I've taught could come back and play bar chords. No bar. No bar at all. I mean, it's just a thing that just your hand needs to learn how to push. <laughs> I nah, mean. no, here pretty much. Like I said, it's just practice, just keeping your grip on it and stuff. That's the way I've seen it. But um, no, I kind of be stretching across six frets. Like that's, that's a bit too extreme for me. Like, Again, off year, my fingers will start going. <laughs> <laughs> so, another band, right? So, just jumping on to your other bands and that, right? So, 
perhaps the one that you'll probably hear more about. So the twist, right? So I heard of the twist. I think it was maybe 2007, just kind of after that stage. So for me, the twist was always kind of characterised. Of course, you had, your, you had your lead singer, you had Chris on the drums. Um, you had your white Stratocaster kind of kicking about and you were very, very popular. Was that the first band that you thought that you can kind of tackle over the world with just with your uh, popularity and attention that you got? To be fair, in my first band, I thought I was ready to take over the world. Yeah. 16 year old, I mean, there was a hello, people were singing, singing a bit of that song, like, but um, no, for me, um, I, the twist was great fun, I loved it. I was like looking back, it was really one of the best times of our lives, mm-hmm. and nobody in that band could deny that to this day, and it was mm-hmm. so fun. But um, we never took it seriously enough, like, if it was now. Obviously, it'd be different music and stuff now, but I've had like maybe the wisdom of age. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we'd have done much better things, can we? We're kind of just and just enjoying the ride, man, as you do when you're that young. Come on, I mean, yeah, you man. meant it, kind of like we never, we never really had, we never had a manager, man. But we had a booking agent, but he he was never manager, so like he was mm-hmm. there like the gigs and we're just going down and we ain't getting absolutely fucked. Can kind of, like nobody was telling me that you can't do that. Can stay sober for the gigs or you didn't care any better. Any money we got, we were just like putting it on to like, have we got enough money to get to the next venue? Yeah. Have we got money for fuel? Yeah, cool. Let's get drunk, smokes, and then if we've got any money left, we'll eat. Come on, I mean, that, that was the fight. Come on, I mean, it was like, you couldn't do it at this age. I've seen that to them other week, actually. Chris was up here, and Coxie, the bass player, I was like, I couldn't do that now. I'd be like, nah, I need to go and shower and shave, and I want my food first. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. like, but at that age, it was just, he didn't care. Can we ever turn up to venues like that white strat you're on it? Still got it. Well, luckily awesome. enough, we actually on the twist tour. It was the uh, second last venue, but we're in um Blackburn it was. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure it was Blackburn. And we done the gag and we jumped in the van and it was the usual, we're looking at the cash. Cover this, cover that, put that away for this. Let's get drunk and then smokes. So we never ate that night and we're all getting pissed. And we end up, there was the last gig in Glasgow. So we travelled through the night. We got to Glasgow, my guitar wasn't there. <laughs> it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, man. I thought they were starting to piss. They were like, no, your guitar's no here. End up leaving it in Blackburn. That white start there. Oh, man. Like, oh, mate, I was, I was fucking fuming. Like, I, I was raging. But I, I was like, Last night the tour, we've been off for like two and a half weeks or something. I was like, come on, mate, let's just fuck it. We'll get it back. Phone the venue, and that rubber, rubber. It was on like, fuck, must be like, probably Facebook at the time, but like MySpace and shit as well. Can tell you from like, my mate's band, we, we had the same booking agent, and we were playing a festival. Mm-hmm. And they fucking, uh, <laughs> I fell asleep in the tent, and I woke up to these English boys. I came up, I was fucking roasting, so I came to the tent. And he, these English boys are like touching his boat. Is that Billy? Is that boy? He's like, and it was my mates. They fucking got my guitar for the black one. <laughs> Met oh, us like on man. the got it yeah. back, man. I couldn't believe it. Mental. Fuck you, no wonder. So, what I mean, here, that's awesome. I mean, like you said, it's the guitars. I mean, you didn't want to pure romanticize it, but when you think it, I mean, first of all, strats on the cheap, but when you've had it through all that time, man, it's got 
perhaps more than just your kind of typical scrappy guitars. That's awesome you got it back, man. Um, metal piece, like. Yeah, man. So, see for that gig then that you never had it, what guitar did you get hit with? There was a support band. I can't remember the name. It was somebody with the kind of boys that's got, kind of boys that's got the Weaver's Mill. Um, eh, eh, eh. How many, or his brother or something, they gave us, it was an Epiphone Les Paul or something, like the pure total opposite spectrum of the guitar like that is, can like, can you get, you get an Epiphone, like, Gibby shape, or you get a Fender shape, can yeah. it's like the opposite end, but it was, it was nice something to give a hand and lend us it, so I was, I, I turned the gig like. Awesome, man, it would have been funny if you got gained, like, fucking BC well, Rich or a Flying V or something like that. Oh, that my, first ever, my first ever gig. Was uh, I was in Riptide, I was studying up there. It was like a music course we were on. And I was only like fucking 16, 15. And uh, boy, he was going to bring, I had a kind of a shitty square. Yeah. And he was like, nah, nah, didn't he, he's that, didn't he, he's that. He was going to bring in a, a Telecaster or Strat for us or something. And uh, he never showed up. And he's fucking, the boys gave us a BC Rich Warlock, man. I swear to God. <laughs> and played the choral on the big spike guitar, man. When I'm beaming, are you up? Oh, like fucking modern guitar, man. So we used to see looking back, and we played in front of about eight people for a college group, right? I, mean, I can't even remember. It was like the most embarrassing That was horrible. I hate that. I fucking wish you never reminded me of that, right? No wonder, mate, fucking, bands like Slayer and that are playing things like that. That's fucking awesome. I, I didn't expect that. So that's even uh, better, Kenan, that that actually fucking happened. That's horrible, So, so the twist, right? So when you were on the road, like, most people will ken, you were, you were doing a lot of stuff in terms of you were associated with the view, and the view at that point in time were fucking on top of the world. Everybody loved them. They were getting played on fucking Sky Sports. They were playing yeah. other big festivals and that. So... How was that then? So, not only as a Dundonian, seeing your fellow Dundonians fucking chilling with people at NME Awards and that, how was it being on the road with them? Was there some kind of kind of camaraderie and a kind of Dundee sense? Was there a lot of cool stuff going on, a lot of cool antics? I was, I was, well, obviously when you go into a venue, the thing was that we didn't really realise at the time was how well they treated us. <laughs> so we, like, as I've got, Old and done gigs with people and I like the view or Kyle or somebody that a big band that I know. Yeah. You basically you're separated all night. And you're lucky if you cross paths. Well, they were like, no, nah, fuck it, they can come in their dressing room, bring their rider here, and we'll just share dressing room with them. Oh, cool. We just thought that was normal. But as when you look at any headline band ever does that, we support band. It's kind of like oh. so they were very welcome, and it was always just like can. The dives come out and watch where I'm dead, dead supportive. Can they wanted to they f- like wanted to fly that Dundee flag can very well and like Webby and stuff can they were always like always happy to help out in any way they could can didn't get us that I'm not saying they were like lugging a bit of gear or nothing, but can like but Webby for example, he came to see us when we were really young. Mm-hmm. So what you need, I was like, I've not got a, ba- a base amp on that. I was like, I'll get you and drop off. Drop off in his base amps like you know, the next day. Can somebody drop them off about just so helpful because like, they wanted to see younger people do a bit well, couldn't they? Nah, cool. nah, I mean, when you're thinking about bands, like it says, I mean, we know we know the kind of reputation that they've you got, and then we got we got an idea. I mean, certainly being for Dundee, it was like it was like one minute they were hanging about the drive of the shops, next minute it's like the fucking filthy space, just the kind of attention that got brought upon them. Mate. It was kind of it was pretty mad. So it's cool to see that. Even though they got to that way, they were still able to kind of stick to their roots and uh, 
stuck to where they come from in that sense. So that's cool to hear. What was it like playing the Caird Hall? What time? Yeah, exactly. What time? That was one. That was uh, again. That's so good to see the boys. Can like I was like, do you want to play the Caird Hall? It's like uh, wait, I'll think about that. <laughs> I mean, of course, the fucking do it. Fuck man. They were really, really good. I remember. <clears throat> I remember we done it the first time with the with the view. Mm-hmm. That was fuck as you can imagine. Man, it's fucking that's the pure. Obviously, you've got the battle ones and that, but can, in terms of like Dundee, it doesn't get bigger than that. It's like, here we go, Ken. The history as well, mate. The history for that yeah, place. The Beatles now, they've got, they've got Beatles fucking hanging on the door now. It's cool as fuck. Anyway, yeah. first time was cool, it was class, but we never had like, we didn't even have cables big enough for the stage. Yeah. Like, we were, it was fucking mental. It's ironic, is it? Oh, stupid as fuck. But the second time when we done it was when they'd done Witch Bitch. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yeah, Witch Bitch was sick now, wasn't it? So they'd obviously just had the number one album and this was fucking like we come back and that time they had, they had so much more production on stage and stuff and it was, mm-hmm. it was cool to see. It was really cool to see. But um, I know, in terms of playing it, it was class. I never realised that when you play bigger, bigger venues that you didn't ask the front house for your monitors. It's a different guy. So oh, I'm sure yeah. guy that's not going up yet. The boys at his left, like, oh, fucking... It was all learning, is it? Here, it's innery things, mate. Like you said, it's most of the things that you just learn on the job. So what was it like? I mean... I just I mean, remember the first thing. Sorry, I just remember this. Yeah. Winter, man, I had a free quarter length on tracky bottoms. <laughs> and uh, I went to go to uh, what was Clark's. It was like, I just pop after it. Yeah. I had my guitar in my back. My hair was down to about here. <laughs> been letting me in because the track is on. He's like, where have you been anyway? I've just been playing the care toy. He was like, hey, bar. He didn't believe it. I said, mate, fucking hell, that is it, eh? <laughs> Oh, I just remember that. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Here, that's another fucking here. At least you can tell the story. I mean, did you get in eventually or did you get kept out? Nah, I did a fuck, man. No. I was about 17. Poisoning letters in. Hated that. Although, see, see the thing is, when you start doing mere gigs and people start carrying you and bouncers and that will start carrying you and the owners <laughs> will start carrying you, they're coming and fucking let you in for free and just mm-hmm. he cares to go with free instruments. Like, which is sound as fuck, but it's like, when the, I had long heavy hair and tracky bottoms on. <laughs> yeah, that's quite quite the image, mate. So I mean, I mean, even you, if you're to look at somebody like that now, you could probably see their fucking point, eh? Ah, fuck, I'm sure well. <laughs> so what was it like then? So playing the care tall, right? We're kind of care tall. We're kind of queen. Fucking Led Zeppelin and that's played there, right? Uh, Bowie, the Beatles, the Stones. It kind of goes on. So see, when you're on the stage, I've played to maybe in any gig I've done, I've played to maybe. 80 people max and for me who's no the uh, I'm, I'm kind of reserved and shy that was scary for me so what was it like looking out to the fucking the sea of people to the back of the care at all was that like the proper it's going to sound cliche but like was that kind of holy shit like what the fuck am I doing here moment massively yeah definitely but at the same time you, you can't really see as far as you think you can see yeah kind of no Bigger the venue, you could only maybe see like the first three quarters, half of the actual crowd. Yeah. But uh, it's weird. I find it more intimidating playing to less people. Mm-hmm. But see this now, like me speak to you on this, I'm, I'm fucking hating this. No, doesn't I mean not against you, but I'm paranoid and like, oh, it's just, no, just I me. get what you mean. I get what you mean. So when you're playing like 50 people, it's like, oh shit, this is quite intimate. Mm-hmm. You're playing to 300 people, it's a bit more, ah, oh, it can. Because everybody's up for it a bit more and everybody bounces off each other. Mm-hmm. When there's just the less people I find scarier than more people. 
No, a lot of people say that, mate. Even even big bands and big bands and fucking the they've seen, they're they're kind of the same in that regard. Yeah. Um, so catapulting for being in a band, of course, you've got responsibilities on each person. So you've went for being in a band to now doing you're in a band still, but effectively you're a soul. So although you've got your band of brothers who are there effectively being a soul artist. A lot more eyes are on you. Was this deliberate or was that an accident that you just suddenly become a frontman of your own band there? Mm, well, what had happened was I was always kind of... I never really felt... Because I was always writing the songs. I never really felt nobody gave it the right... like, oomph that it needed or, like, passion mm-hmm. that the, the, the lyrics needed or, like, certain bits of the song and stuff. Excuse me, but obviously that's natural because they they don't care what they're realistically singing about, mm-hmm. or if they do, they, they don't feel because it was me it felt or it was me it's thinking etc. And so that's natural for that to happen. Mm-hmm. But I kind of got fed up with um, trying to organise getting a lot of boys in the same room and working around girlfriends and work and stuff like that, so community service and stuff can come yeah. something like can. <laughs> But, uh, so I, I just went on my own. I was just playing on my own for ages. And then, like I say, TL on, we put a band together for Carol 56. And then I was like, this sounds decent, man. Let's keep that going. So and that's, that's kind of what's been happening. But we had the boys, kind of, we'll just be back to me doing on my own. Kind of. But it's, it's, it's class. Much better having the band. Kind of. There's much more part of There's much more... Just much more noise, much more sound, much more. Ah, oh, just great. Couldn't imagine this playing again. Like, I've done the holiday now and again, but it's like I couldn't imagine doing that at the time at all. Ever. No, you you can tell. I mean, like I said, I've seen a lot of performances and that. I've seen the videos and all that, and there is there is a cool camaraderie going between the band and that. So, just on the basis of being in a band, then so you went for being in a band. You've done solo stuff. You've been the front man. And then I noticed that you went back to being a band member, but behind the front man of Kyle Faulkner. How did that come about? So when I was, so I was obviously doing my solo thing anyway. Kyle was still in the view, but then he, they had that wee hiatus. Yeah. I, 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 I got to support them on their, their last tour. Tell I actually I played full band at the Care Tall that one as well. Okay. Uh, with with the, the first band that the, put the girl that was on about, yeah, uh, Magic Box Boys, but um, so he we were on tour together, and he was and he would invite me up. So he done two solo tours. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the first one, he was inviting us up for like a lot of the set, and we're just doing like covers and view songs and that. Yeah. And then the second tour, he was like doing his full set and get me on for like two or three at the end. Face for radio and twisting shelf and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm gonna put a band together and that. I was like, all right, so I'm just sitting in the van. I was like, oh, why have you got mine? He was like, oh, I was thinking about you. And I was like, all right. Okay, didn't know what I say, fucking yes. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, uh, I made it that fucking yup day, man. I was like, all right, cool, man. Yeah. I remember me and my pal Jenna, we were in the hotel room at that night. I was like, yeah, fuck's on. But maybe get a meet the guitar. I was like, we fucking damaged my night. <laughs> Ah, damn right, man. So I've seen, of course, that, I mean, Kyle's solo stuff's going great now, and I did see that his uh, solo stuff in terms of the band got um, a lot of momentum. And I remember the first time that I kind of seen 
your your kind of coming out party in the band is when I seen that you had this big announcement for all these tours across the UK, right? So I remember thinking about it. Like I said, I've been aware of you and all the activities and that that you've done, right? But um, I remember like announcements being made. You were playing across and I think Ireland. You were playing the Hydro. You were playing all these arenas, right? How was that like when you get told so? Not to take away from King Tuts or Barrowlands or tunnels or that because we're kind of they're prestigious in their own right. How did it feel to be knowing that you were about to be playing the hydro and everything? It was not to do with uh, the size of the venue, was it? It was more about while we were supporting. <laughs> that was like <laughs> that was the vibe. You know what I mean? It was like we got told. So at the time, my management and his management were the same management. Mm -hmm. And there was uh, another drummer who was maybe playing, but uh, he couldn't make it because he was getting engaged to his missus during this time or something. Fuck knows what. I was just like, man, what are you doing? Like, just reschedule that. Can this is a once in a lifetime thing? Can man? Like, can like go on to that to play the arenas? That was uh, that was scary as fuck, man. There's 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 no other word to describe it. I kind of. So like I've seen you, the more people you play in that, uh, but that that was a bit different. Okay? And that was a bit mental, like because mm -hmm. you're going you're going during the day, like but places like you're going like really early doors, like twelve o'clock loading or something. Yeah, and you're wondering, but you've got big massive dressing rooms and like you're catering. I was like, what the fuck's catering? Like just go and get what you want to eat. You're sitting, but you're sitting in here. You're sitting eating food and like, you're like oh, there's something for the baby shambles. Oh, there's kind of it's like fucking. It was just like Abby kicking about. Mm -hmm. I just help myself shit all day and it's like you go and the arena's empty and like I think I've ever seen an empty arena man it's fucking huge can't like, yeah mate see the people in it but see it's empty like fucking that was nuts man <clears throat> um, and then you're sound checking and it was just it's, it's a total total different ball game like hey like there's so many more buttons to push <laughs> and it was like what's that what's that what's that but uh, we we were all made agreement we weren't going to have any drinks before we went on. Like, not one. Normally, you can maybe have one or two sell on there, but not one. And I still managed to spew in the big bin. Go, that's the thing. Before you even go on the stage, you've got to be a claim. It's basically like a set of ladders like that to go on the stage, man. It's, uh -huh. it's like, but I've heard not that because you spewed through him. I fucking <laughs> wait. I had fear of me tripping over the cable or something because, like, there was thousands of people, man. Imagine me running on the stage. Go and grab my guitar and deck it, man. That'd be, I would be, fuck, I'd be, I can, you can never love that, then. Oh, no, you'd, ne <laughs> you'd never forget it. But, I mean, even going there as, as an audience member, I've been to Hydro a lot to see a lot of bands, and even just the noise while you've, you're surrounded by the people is fucking overwhelming and in the best possible way. But when you're about to go on stage and, obviously, you can what it's like looking out for the stage and that, that must have been insane, man. That is scary. Like, the thing is, you can't, again, because of that, you can't really peak because you're kind of almost below. Yep. But um, I remember as well, one of the gigs, we were, we were on the stage and it, come to, it was the last, it was the fucking last song actually. Mm. And that was, uh, what song was that? House of Cues. So it was a view song. And uh, fuck knows what happened, but the tech didn't put enough capos up or something like that. So like, I, I the capo, I'm coming over the capo. He's looking at me. I was like, I'm going to give you the capo because you're in that. And any other situation, see, like, now I've got a transpose that neighbor. I, I was like, no fucking chance, man. Mm -hmm. 
At no point a bum note on a fucking stadium like I. No man. I'm muting my guitar. Like, I just fucking mind that. <laughs> fucking mind that. And just on just bit of me the bottom photo man. Was, oh that was scary. That was horrible. Okay, technical difficulties are fucking brutal as it is. If it's in a, a pub for 20 people. But imagine playing like, fucking thousands of people in the arena and you get that. No. Can't even imagine it. But I mean, again, it's one one of these things is a kind of I mean no so much a learning curve for you, obviously. The tech's obviously the person responsible. Actually, you've got two cables. Can so that's it. I mean, fucking mental as it is, right? So another thing I just want to ask you, right? So of course, Elf went in the room, Liam Gallagher, right? So we kind of as we everybody fucking kinds who he is now. He's got this kind of aura about him. He's always had this kind of or about him, Faye, when we first discovered them and got to hear all the music and that. So, knowing the kind of way to kind of put you on the spot and that, right? But what was it? So, right, you're going to be supporting Liam Galker. Now, you're obviously going to be meeting the boy. What was the first meeting like, if you could just kind of put it into words? <laughs> Biblical. <laughs> <laughs> As you would say, no, it was fucking class, man. Like, it, was, uh, it was really surreal, actually. Surreal would be the right word. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so there's another brother called uh, Paul. Yeah, Paul. We'll, we'll, meet, we'll meet him during the day and that. Yeah. And we're going to go to his DJ set. Mm-hmm. I was actually on the way. And then Rennie uh, called us. He's like, oh, we're not going back to William's session room. I'm assuming you want to come back. I was like, cool, see you in a minute. <laughs> <Anyway>. yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> so me and the drummer Kieran, we, uh, we shot back to the venue. And uh, but see, when you, when you get the pass, like for like doing them, and it's a light fair, sure. And I was like, Oh, sorry, on you go, boss, kind of let you right back in. Mm. <clears throat> My Melby's uh wife, and she gave her the passes, and that his dressing was fucking huge, right? Aye. I always thought, Oh, here, his rider's going to be this and that, and that, and this, and this, and that. But two things Domino's Pizza and Guinness, that was it. Guinness mm-hmm. on tap, Guinness on tap for. So I, every day the boys go through with trays of Guinness and that, aye. I'd never drunk Guinness at this point, never even tasted a Guinness. No. Nah. I tried it once and spilt it. I was in Ireland before and spilt it, but fuck it, it's no matter. <laughs> so I was in Ireland as well, actually, at the time. And I was like, fuck away, Guinness. I was like, I'll leave the pizza just now, okay? I don't want to go and be like, all right, mate, and I've got fucking cheese slap. Yeah, I can, mate. I Guinness, I was like, I fucking know bad, actually. So I sat there, I drank the wine, we're speaking to, uh, just in, like, groups of people all night. Yeah. Uh, the guitar speaker Sabian speaking about me and it was like fucking, it was just mental. Oh, it must have been, man. I looked around and he's just sitting chilling on this couch, like that, just fucking airing up on this wee couch, quite a thing. <clears throat> I was speaking to his missus, Debbie. I said, he's like, sorry to be a pain going at the juice system, please. Oh, I neighbor, she's like, Liam, this is Billy, he was playing with cars tonight. And he was just like, all right, mate, Montana City, how are you? And I was like, fair. <laughs> <laughs> He was so fucking sound, man. Like, mm-hmm. So normal, so sound. And like, obviously, you're trying to play cool. Yeah, it's like, tell me, is it? He's fucking, he's banter's class. He's full of brilliant stories. As you yeah. Can and as soon as he talks, Abdi's like, as on him again. What I noticed as well, like, like, people maybe like trying like speak over him a bit. Mm-hmm. And he's a dick on He sits and just lets it happen. And he'll kind of like, he's, he's total sound as fuck. Like, mm-hmm. right. Rennie's a good pal to him. Rennie would always tell me, oh, he's dead nice. He goes, like, like, when you first meet him, you'll think, oh, shit, that just happened, Ken. 
But we're sitting there and I was like, fucking, we're getting a bit, he was like, I'll leave the draw that and I'm bald. I was like, I want to draw a rolling on. He was like, what's going on? I was like, this guy's just normal, but he's, he's no, it's fucking LG, Ken. I can, man. That's what I'm meaning. Metal. It's just what? like, what it says, it's going into our history and kind of, like, obviously, he is larger than life and um, what he's done in Oasis and what he's done in his soul career is mad. So, I mean, like I says, I don't want to, sometimes you don't want to kind of skew that whole celebrity thing because it is a human being who's just done extraordinary kind of things. But if he had done the boy to be kind of thrust into that situation, man, I can't even imagine what it must have been like. Did he, did he give you any kind of like, like weak words like, Fucking have a good nah. show, man, or keep up your boy or <laughs> no, something so, like that. After the gig, was not that. So oh, was it? I'd say to him that just like uh, his voice sounded fucking really spectacular that night, and he was telling me that he doesn't drink before he goes on stage ever. And I says, "Well, we've this is the first time we've not been drinking on stage." Yeah. He said, "How did you find it?" He was very curious. I was like, "A bit fucking weird." I says, "I remember that. <laughs> That's a good thing." But uh, he was like, fucking, he just does his thing, can't he? He's like, he doesn't drink before he goes on or nothing. Yeah. Goes on rocks the place, can't? comes off as a baby. Sometimes he doesn't want to, sometimes he does. Because a couple of nights later, he came right off stage in a van, off in a jet back down to London, can't? It's like, sometimes he's off the office, sometimes he's in there. But, fucking cool, man. It was fucking metal, man. He's like, when they talk a couple of days later, you're sitting there going, I was laughing for the next day actually. So I went back to his hotel, like after the gig. Mm-hmm. I ended up boosting, I was a bit fucked. So I, just, I went back to the hotel, me and Ronnie, and just went to kept and woke up and I was kind of like, fuck, it actually happened last night. Aye, we actually like, were sitting here, it uh, happened now, kind of like. And then when we all got in the van back to like, Scotland, mm-hmm. we were on the Guinness, hey, kind of, oh, we were on the Guinness now, kind of like, fuck, fuck, what up to you, man? Like, <laughs> LG's out to Guinness, we drink Guinness. <laughs> Fuck off, that's awesome, man. That's, that's the way, that's what it's all about, the way, mate. I mean, for the, for the small gigs, playing in, like, the fucking doghouse and that, to get into these type of heights, I mean, it must serve as a reminder, though, that it's, I mean, you've kind of risen for the bottom, you've got to that stage, you can this world of music we're in, it's just sometimes just lucky to draw hard effort, a bit of luck, you can be in them situations again. I mean, if it happened once, it can happen again, and I mean, even in your own right, even to kind of bigger capacities than you've even experienced now, man. So, nah, that, that's, that's the joy and that's part of the kind of dream why people want to keep doing stuff. And I mean, Dundee itself has been very big in terms of music. Have you seen any bands or musicians in Dundee now that are kind of looking good, got attention on them and that, that you can let people care about? Well, I mean, the thing is, it's that would be my opinion only, Ken. And some people, some people in terms of music, like record labels and stuff, they they don't look for exactly what I would be into. They look for more commercial stuff and what's selling mm-hmm. stuff. But Dundee's packed with great musicians, man. Like yeah. you can go on for fucking days, can yeah. Scotland in general. Can Glasgow's fucking banging, Dundee's banging, Ayrshire's banging, can fuck there's even uh, the Neil Maltz boys for fucking well, they feel up fucking. Oh, yeah. neon rocks. I've heard them. I've heard them. Or some, what's it called? Can they feel north of Scotland? They boys are fucking banned. Can it's like Scotland's full up, man. It is, man. And I mean, it's. I mean, it's only going to fucking build. And hopefully, after ah this shit, we've got a big boom music fucking celebration. Abdi getting together and. I'm adamant these gigs are going ahead, like because we've seen that. Yeah. Liverpool, all day, Liverpool, five. Yeah, I did. I did. I uh, seen it. 
like that's fucking like that's that's progress massively. Can they didn't they just get any pick like hundred people in the venue, five thousand people? I think it'll happen. I think that I think that we're probably just be the vaccinations and that. I think that we're probably at the worst. I think we're over the worst part. I think that normality is going to be a wee bit restored. I hope anyway. It's. I think. I think it will go ahead. I, I definitely can these guys will go ahead. They maybe no go ahead full capacity, but they'll hundred percent go ahead. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of touch upon something else, mate. So years ago, right? I remember seeing you. Now this is going to be random, but trust me, it kind of makes sense, right? I'm So I remember once um, you posted on social media, right, about an injury that you got to your wrist, your hand. Right. Now I remember at the time, so. This isn't any kind of way to get any kind of big headedness of that going on, but when I was kind of coming up in the music scene in terms of trying to carve out my own shit going on, I remember seeing you in the situation you were in with kind of a big injury and it looked pretty scary in terms of the career path you wanted to go down. And me getting tendonitis and all that kind of shit, I was like, fuck, like, what am I going to do, man? If I kind of had the guitar with you feeling like carpal tunnel tendonitis shit going on, um, what am I going to do? Is that going to be the end of it? But it was good to see you getting through the kind of injury that you had because I remember you had a big scar in that, did you? Oh, man, I've still got it. Like, it's still, yeah. that's, I've got that I've got that piece logo there now because yeah. I don't know if you'll see it much on this, like, but... Can you see it? Uh, you could, you could see it. Yeah, uh, you can see it, mate. Yeah. Jeez, man. <laughs> Fuck's sake. That's the main thing you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> No, but just bringing up, so like I said, random, but um, it was cool to see that. So it was like, even without you even realising, people were kind of looking at that on the radar and they were like, you know what? Because you, certainly in terms of heights, were much higher than a lot of people in that regard. But it's cool to see that, despite that being what we could call an adversity kind of thing, you've managed well, to kind of push through it. The doctor had said, like, I'd say to the nurse at the time, because it was, like you say, you've seen the voice, whole fucking, yeah. like the recovery. I still kind of feel half that. I never will. Can I still get pain in that? I'm not I'm always going to. Mm-hmm. I've learned to deal with that. But uh, the doctor, the, the nurse, she knew my auntie. She was like, Billy's a bit worried about he's, like, him being able to play the guitar. Mm-hmm. The doctor's like, oh, no, he did play guitar, man. And I was like, fuck off, mate. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I can't remember, but apparently my mum had said when I was under the morphine, like, they were worried about me and I won't be able to play the guitar again. And apparently I was like, oh, I'll just play the Miffy. <laughs> like, like yeah, can't even remember. I was almost done it. But I remember like, I couldn't play for ages. And I went to see Mates Bandhurst and I was saying, I'm not a day like this, day like that. And I remember just picking the guitar up and I was like, my big fucking, I could do that. That was my back. <laughs> but no, it's, 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 the only thing that really affected me and that was my right hand. My right mm-hmm. hand's slow in terms of like, picking and that. I could still pick. Yeah. But um, again, like I've seen when I was younger, I just mapped myself there. I'll be able to do it. In terms of like playing guitars, I was like, just dead. Yeah, you- okay. What a resilience, is it? What a resilience, man. It's certainly for someone that you love today, man. So, no, that's, I just remember that back then and kind of going, oh, fuck, like that guy's, at the time you were just that kind of musician guy. It was like, fuck, yeah. man, like, I wonder how he's going to get on. And it's like, no, but here, it's a testament, man, that just kind of resilience and getting on with it. And here you fucking are still at it. So, that song, all you got. What inspired it? Sounds very George Harrison to me. Come on, people say that, aye. And like, I'm a massive Beatles fan and massive George Harrison fan, especially. But 
Like, I, I never really, <clears throat> never really uh, was meant to be that. Um, inspiring of that song was a couple of things. You know, basically, uh, a lot of my songs aren't about maybe just one thing, but um, mm-hmm. basically, when people think that they're like better than you and they bring you down and expect too much of you and this, and you can do what you tear. Yeah. And whatever you tear, it's not enough. Kind. Pretty much about that. But there was definitely no George Harrison. Well, obviously, subconsciously, there must have been, because you're not the first person to say that. But I never sat down and I'm not right George Harrison, Sam Kim. That's any of these things. I mean, like you said, indirectly, fucking inspirations and that will come out. And nah, that's just... Maybe, just the, the, way... maybe the riff is a bit dullish. Here. Cracking regardless, popular, Abdi loves it, mate. And like you say, that's what you do, even indirectly, if you're celebrating the fucking people that inspire you, and that. that's the main thing. So, what's your favorite song you've made? If you can just get asked right now, what's your favorite song that you think kind of encompasses your songwriting and your musician abilities? A lot of the new ones are not the least yet, I would say, but yeah. uh, Cycle's uh, the favorite, but I always argue that losing control is the best. So there's some people that agree with that. I normally I'd sometimes get bored and put a wee pull up or something. And it's, it's, between it. Psycho is the favourite. If you look at plays and stuff, Psycho is the favourite. But I think losing control is a bit more structured, a bit more nicely and poppy. Um, mm-hmm. But fuck, the next song will be the best, isn't it? <laughs> no, that's it, man. I've seen, like I said, I've seen a lot of popularity. I mean even when you're getting like 50 to 60,000 plays on Spotify and that, I mean, I checked my last band and we've still got minus 1,000, mate, aye? So you're obviously doing something right, aye? So that's fucking, that's the basically the way you can go. So just before we kind of wrap up, I want to just ask, right? So I've always had this agenda, yeah, being this rock, indie guy, libertines, baby shambles, oasis and all that. Is there anybody that inspires you that folk would be like, Right, what the fuck? Like, I didn't see that coming. Well, I mean, inspiring in terms of writing songs, just that kind of changes. But my main influences are like the Beatles, Oasis, Everly Brothers, Ray Charles. I can, a lot of older stuff is like my my, my go to kind of, isn't it? Uh, can sometimes bang on a bit of Stevie Wonder, sometimes I'll bang on fucking. It's nuts. <laughs> okay, and there's like whatever, whatever in the middle. There's nothing. There's nothing there that I would say that that inspires me to be writing that or writing this. There's just so much music that I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of music that I fucking hate as well. Kind of appreciates music and stuff, but there's there's nothing I would say that would stand out that you would be shocked at. Yeah. A lot of early stuff. Not so much modern stuff. What about bands you hate? What about music? You got any examples? What music I hate? Yeah. Just uh, maybe not so much on this, like maybe wait till it's after, but uh, I'm I'm no fan of a lot of pop stuff. Yeah. I've been trying to listen to a lot of pop stuff just now, just trying to get um just um a wee bit of inspiration ish sprint mm-hmm. something here and there, and it's like this is fucking god awful, man. Like don't get wrong, the singers are fantastic singers. Yeah. The music is just Oh man, what the fuck? And do you think that that's um, like the musician in you? So, for example, for me, 
I've always been into it. Like, I'm into everything. Like, I'm in, I can listen to Oasis and that. I can listen to your stuff. I can listen to Black, Black Sabbath, Metallica and all that. Right? Stuff. Eh? Love those and stuff, you mean? Yeah, man. That's, that's that good stuff, man, right? But um, the musician, what I mean by the musician in you, so I'm not a big fan of dance music, right? But see, being somebody who's attempted to make songs and all that, on the musician level, because they're doing a different form of music, do you feel that even though you didn't like that type of music, you're like, there's obviously something in it that they're doing that kind of keeps them ticking, obviously, we've all got different interests, but do you not, feel that you I can could, learn to appreciate it? Yeah, no, I could definitely appreciate Like I, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I could appreciate somebody that's got the balls to go and stand up there with an instrument or yeah. I fucking appreciate that. I totally, 100% do, because you've got some balls in you to get them there. Can that's I'm right, mate. If you write your own music uh, and I particularly don't like a song, it doesn't mean it's shite. I still appreciate the no, fact... No, you wrote your own... You wrote your opinions, I, man. I made a massive effort to even do it. I know that writing a song might, might be three minutes. song could take you months, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I always appreciate that, but there's just some stuff in my ass. Get that, get that take, I mean... Get that back in the fucking mind, never to be seen again, so... So when it comes to music, like and as, as like the people who are listening to it, like we've got a pain, but if people keep buying it, they're gonna just other shit music is gonna keep getting through. I mean, yep. Yeah, man, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk too much about the shit music aspect because I'm, I'm I've got a lot that I can kind of throw out there and on fucking <laughs> sharing my opinions, oh mate. So where do you expect to be? So if we're talking ten years before, you had a good ten year just passed where the wee shitty bit with the COVID. What's the goal for you? What do you hope to be sitting talking about musically in 10 years? Where do you hope to be by then? Hopefully somewhere, somewhere in Dundee. <laughs> uh, well, al- albums definitely on the cards. Definitely mm-hmm. an album. Um, just kind of, just going above the focus, man. It's, it's like I've got targets, I've got dreams and aspires, obviously, musically. Want the headline, sell it, touch. So this time, right. this time could look possible. Love to do the barras, we'd love to play transmit. Mm-hmm. They're all things that are achievable in my eyes. Um, not just now, a couple of years yet, maybe. Uh, but definitely want to do an album. I want to do a fucking full UK tour. I want to sell venues. I want to just enjoy fucking playing my own music and stuff fucking ball it. I mean, nah, that's it. And like you said, you've got you've gotten for being in a band. You've kind of worked your way through the trenches. You've got to heights that people didn't even get to, even even on the basis of supporting your idols as well. So um, reviewing that would have been probably talking like this RM years ago and next thing they kind of achieved heights that they never, ever imagined. And in their own respective careers now, they're doing stuff and they know that they've always got such a big follow and that they can continue doing the view if they decide in the future. So, yeah, sky's the limit for you, mate. I think it's awesome and... Like you said, you can achieve any, and as long as you're passing it and you enjoy it, mate, there's no, there's no wee reason why you can't be doing all that in a few years. Oh, man, totally agree. Where can we find your stuff, and where can we find your tickets for these gigs that are definitely <laughs> going to happen? They're definitely going to happen, I'm telling you. They are. 100%. Uh, so on Instagram, it's Billy Mitchell UK. Um, they're all Billy Mitchell UK, Facebook, Twitter, and that, and there's, there's links on Instagram to get tickets. Just Google Billy Mitchell, Glasgow, or something, and there'll be a link that comes up. Awesome. Um, and your record as well, is your record still on the go? Yeah, the, we've not actually got my line just now, I thought. 
No, well, that's awesome, man. So, like I said, people can get your music on Spotify and everything like that. You can get it on YouTube, get it on your uh, your website, all your social medias and that. So, I appreciate you coming on, mate. I'm glad I finally got you on after all this time. Well, I appreciate it. Good luck with your music. Good luck with them gigs. And uh, we'll definitely get as much people listening as possible, buddy. No, that was, mate. Take it easy. Have a good one, all right? Yeah,